What's going on, everybody? Before we start today's show, I wanted to acknowledge something. I'm not sure if you've seen our podcast setup, but it's literally three dudes in a poorly sound insulated dining room with three microphones. With this being our first attempt, we are aware that there may be some points in today's episode where a noticeable echo can be heard. Please bear with us as we tinker with our sound equipment to bring you the highest quality podcast we possibly can. All we can promise you is that we will get better each week. Thanks. Love you guys. What's going on, everybody? It's Chris Mitchum, and you just clicked on the first episode ever of the This League Dynasty Football Podcast. Welcome in. Today, we're going to be going through the power rankings going into the first season. Who's on top? Who's the worst? Of course, this is win now power rankings, so we're going to get into that. So sit down, buckle in. We're going to have a good time. Let's do this. What? Oh, my God. This League! baby we are here the podcast is finally here welcome in to the inaugural episode of the this league fantasy football podcast i'm your host chris mitchum and i am joined by two people you're probably going to hear pretty frequently on this podcast because well quite frankly they live with me no homo we got tim raider (laughs) and aaron hunt guys how you doing I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. First of all, just want to give a shout out to the entire league for making the trip down to Tennessee for the draft. Huge. You guys, that's huge that everybody was able to make it out. Honestly, that's a rarity I've seen for so many people to be committed and to all make it in one weekend. So, And we did it right in the middle of COVID, right? Absolutely. But other than that, sir, I'm ready for the NFL season, man. Dude. Let's get it popping. This country doesn't deserve this right now. Tim, how we feeling, man? Pretty good. You know, as of the time of recording, we are seven days, 49 minutes, 52 seconds away from the kickoff. Oh, my God. Oh, by the time you're listening to this, you're under a week. You've almost made it. The season's right around the corner. Now's the time to get hyped. Let's freaking go, man. Let's get hyped. Now, this episode is going to all be, be all about the preseason power rankings. You guys submitted your entries so who you think's the best, who you think's the worst when it comes to winning now in the upcoming season. And we're going to go through all of those, and we're going to get into that. But first, I kind of want to discuss, right, it's our first podcast, first episode, we just had the draft. What can this league potentially look like? Maybe next year, five years, ten years. I know for me, you know, ideally we keep all of the same people, right? That's when the storylines come. That's where all of the relationships pop from and all of the little jokes we're going to be making here in the next, hopefully, four or five years comes from. Um, all I the think extra could, shit talk. Amen, amen. I think it could be special. Um, do you guys got any thoughts on kind of, the, I guess, the potential of this league, not only for these listeners, but uh, the people in the league? I think what's going to make it stand out is everybody just being themselves, just having personality, having fun with it. Talking trash to everybody in the league, man. Nobody is uh, at fall here. Nobody's safe. Competition's going to be fierce, man. <laughs> <clears throat> Competition's going to be pretty damn great. Oh, I know. So um, basically our goal with these podcasts is not to take, you know, an hour of your time because, I mean, I can listen to me talk for an hour, but not everybody else, I'm sure. So um, basically we're going to try to get, keep these co- uh, keep these podcasts to – under 45 minutes while also giving you guys enough content for you to digest and talk about and all that good stuff so 
Without further ado, we're about to go through these power rankings. Let's get into it. So basically how these power rankings worked out, right? All of you guys submitted the entries, and then yours truly, the captain of the league, Tim Raider, um, was able to compile a score. And how the score works is if you finished first in somebody's power rankings, you got 10 points. And if you finished 10th or last place in somebody's power rankings, you got one point. And we were able to add all those points together to come up with the rankings, 1 through 10. So we're also going to associate a number with each ranking guys just before we even get into it did you have any thoughts before these results came out any early favorites any people you maybe you thought was just trash yeah i thought as we'll get into you know there's a clear-cut head um a murky middle and then i think we're all going to kind of agree upon the lower tier for this year's the preseason power rankings yeah i'm with you there i feel like there's definitely going to be some heavy favorites going into it for win now mode. Good good place to be at for 2020. Um, <clears throat> and then there's really just a lot of teams that I feel like have elite talent at different positions. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, and then you get your first name. The first name on the nut. That's going to be a place in oh history. Oh, my God, the nut. 2020 coronavirus year. Uh, first name on the nut. Oh, my God. can't wait till I get my name on the nut in the first year. <laughs> It's going to be so nice, so nice. So without any further ado. Nobody wants your name on the nut. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. There's there's just so many jokes to that I can't even have in my head right now. <laughs> um, okay, so without further ado, we'll get into it. And we'll start. We'll go from the bottom to the top. So in 10th position, who everybody thinks is the worst team Heading into the season. And quite frankly, this man scored a 15 out of, what is it, Tim? Uh, that is out of 480. And oh. you can call me uh, Warren Sharp Jr. or Baby Sharp. Baby Sharp? That's pretty dope. Do, 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 do. That's pretty dope. <laughs> All right. So, yes, 15 out of 420. 80. 80. Good God. Out of 480. Score of 15 is Mr. Zach Welch. And the Broad Ripple, oh my, that's, that's bad. The Broad Ripple swim team finished 10th overall. Can we just say, Zach, we love you. We love you, man. You, we, you, we tried your, you tried your best. We, we acknowledge that. Now, what makes Zach's team so terrible? Let's look into it. So we'll go through his starters here. His starting lineup going into week one is currently set. We have Carson Wentz, a quarterback. Running backs, Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson. Wide receivers, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper. Tight end, Mark Andrews, pretty good. The flex of Marvin Jones, Michael Gallup, and the Chicago Bears defense. And then on the bench, we'll go through that real quick. Teddy Bridgewater, Phillip Rivers, a wife beater. Sony Michelle, Cam Akers, Sammy Watkins, Deontay Johnson, Miles Boykin, Randall Cobb, Eric Ebron, Austin Hooper, and Seattle Seahawks defense. Now, you might ask yourself, why is Zach number 10? Well, let me tell you, I love Cook and Carson, personally. Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, love that one-two punch. But once you get out of that, you know, Dalvin Cook has the contract thing and an injury history. Chris Carson isn't the most healthy person in the world. So when you get into the running back depth, you got Darius Geis, who currently isn't on a team and is probably going to need to be suspended for multiple years from the NFL. Probably should be dropped. Probably. <laughs> Sony Michelle, is he the starting running back in New England? I don't know. And then Cam Akers, who admittedly I've been rising on, but still... As your RB3 that you're going to be relying on, that's not exactly inspiring. And then his flex, I think, is really what lets him down, right? So his starting lineup is okay. But when you get into your two flex in this league, you have Marvin Jones and Michael Gallup in your starting lineup. 
that is so uninspiring of flex options. Like, I, there's not a ton of upside there. And then when you get to the bench, you would think with a starting lineup like that, you would have a pretty exciting bench. Not the case. You have Deontay Johnson there. Outside of that, I mean, Sammy Watkins could do something, but he's only in the first week. But he's kind of gross. So I completely understand why he's ranked 10th and, quite frankly, a pretty solid 10th, a good 12 points behind the 19th place. So um, if I'm wrong, you guys are happy, you guys are free to let me know. I feel like, you know, Dalvin Cook, we're not really giving him the credit he deserves. I mean, he's got the contract disputes going on, you know, in training camp right now. He needs to get paid, obviously. But when he's on the field, when he's healthy, arguably a top three back, honestly. I mean, just from talent alone and uh, just the offense that he's in, it's going to be run heavy. And then you got Cam Akers, too. I mean, I feel like that's a huge wild card. If he comes out and just blows the world out of the water, like, he could be the guy. And then he could get all that volume. So Cam Akers' nickname, please make Chris look silly. <laughs> Good luck with that, Chief. <laughs> yeah, I agree across the board pretty much. Uh, just too much injury risk for my liking. And then, like you said, the flex, uninspiring. Um, however, you do have a few rookies there that, that could potentially grow into studs. I agree. But at the end of the day, he's 10th for a reason. Definitely don't think he's going to compete this year. And if you want to look at the future, it's not totally bright there either. So, uh, Zach, you're more than welcome to let us know why we're wrong. But leave at the current leave a comment, moment, <laughs> leave a comment, leave the first comment. At the current moment, you are tenth in the power rankings. Maybe you'll shock us, but you probably won't. So, going into the Ouch. ninth, going into the ninth position with twenty-seven out of keep this in mind, four hundred and eighty points. Um, we have Team Don Perignon, owned by Mr. Don McCraig. I was a personal fan of some of your later picks, but I think there's a reason why you're number nine. Tim, let's hear why. Yeah, so we're going to go through the team here real quick. The starting lineup currently, Aaron Rodgers, Zeke, Raheem Mostert, Juju, Scary Terry, Evan Ingram. The flex are Jonathan Taylor, Brandon Cooks with the Chargers defense. And on the bench, you're looking at a personal favorite of Chris's, Josh Allen. Fucking bitch. It's the reason why this podcast is explicit. <laughs> Tariq Cohen, Philip Lindsay, Naheem Hines, Alshon Jeffrey, OBJ, Curtis Samuel, Alan Lazard, Mecole Hardman, LaVisca, Chanel, LaVisca, Jack Doyle, and the Hig Beast way down on the bottom spot there. One of my personal favorites on the team. So now if you're looking at uh, why, why did he finish in ninth place, um, I think he, I start by looking at the receivers. You're banking on a huge back bounce-back season from Juju, Big Ben, the Steelers' offense as a whole, and an encore from Scary Terry. I know a lot of the fantasy pundits and the experts are high on him. I don't know that I necessarily see it this year. I think the Redskins – sorry, the Washington football team. Yeah, you're freaking racist. <laughs> Gosh. He's going to go through some, uh, some, some troubles early on and potentially a quarterback switch. Um, I love Evan Ingram. He's got high upside, but he's yet to put a full season together. And like I said, Higbeast on the bench, I feel like Don's going to end up playing him more often than not. And a couple other things to note, I think for the now and for the future, the Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers quarterback stash is maybe one of the strongest in the league. I agree. Uh, Rodgers for the now. Allen, if he can get that accuracy down, uh, find digs, it's going to be a pretty solid future connection. And the last point uh, to talk about here for Don's team is the depth is kind of hit or miss in terms of the consistency. Um, and that's why he's down in ninth. 
but there's huge potential. Um, you know, in fantasy, if you get lucky and you play the right guy on the right week with the right matchup, he's got some guys on his bench who could pop week over week. I mean, you look at Tariq Cohen, you're not really excited. But, you know, he, you know, he might have a game like that where he's going to get in the P- full PPR league, he's going to get 10 to 12 catches, some yards, and potentially a touchdown. It's just a matter of playing him in the right week. Guys? Juju Smith-Schuster, not a fan of him this year. Uh, Big Ben just doesn't work hard in the offseason. He's proven that over and over. All right, he's been, coward. Been, I mean, <laughs> he just sits just sits on the couch playing with his kids. There's nothing wrong with that. But Hey, that's my quarterback. You're not getting any closer to winning football games that way. Um, to me, I'm not super high on him this year, and he's probably going to be your wide receiver one, definitely your wide receiver two. It's debatable. You have OBJ on your bench. I'm sure it's going to change. Um Just looking outside of that, though, um, some positives. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you set yourself up really well with the running backs there. Zeke and Jonathan Taylor will be forces for years to come. So uh, say what you want about the rest of the team, but the RB's pretty strong. Right, and I think the reason why he's ninth right now is you got to remember these power rankings are done by win now. So Zach's team is not win now or future related. Sorry. But Don... I, I made it clear when we were down in Tennessee, I loved some of Don's last draft picks. Nicole Hardman, Alan Lazard, LaVishka Chenault, Naeem Hines, ton of upside in all those picks. Um, if one or two of those guys hit, he could be a shocker this year. But I think all of those, especially when you look at Jonathan Taylor um, and Terry McLaurin, are probably one or two years away. So that's probably the reason why he's ninth place, is his team is not exactly win now. So we had... Team Dawn in ninth place. You have some hope in that. Sorry, Zach, not so much for you. But going into eighth place, the eighth most win-now team in the league, decided by our peers, with 36 points, so a good nine points above Dawn, is my favorite person in the whole entire world, Kyle Stretch. Eighth place, Adrian Peterson's daycare now he's probably thinking sitting at home probably just got finished jacking off or something like why am i in eighth place well let's go over your starting lineup quarterbacks kyler murray um and matt ryan and tua on your bench running back alvin kamara joe mixon wide receivers mike evans julian edelman tied in hunter henry flexes tyler lockett Cortland sucken sucken sutton <laughs> and uh your defense um is the broncos so I look at this team and I think, okay, why did he finish eighth place, right? First of all, I love your quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, I think, is the biggest potential to break out and go into that Mahomes-Jackson tier next year. That was a great pick. And then you have Matt Ryan, who is going to finish as a top 10 quarterback, period. Like he does every year. He's in that most pass-happy offense in the league. And then you have Tua, right, who went pretty late in our draft, I thought. Um, and he's a great He's a great future guy, right? If he doesn't turn out this year, it's fine. You have Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray. So I thought that was a great pick as well. But when you get outside of that, um, we talked about how he had a very up and down week this past week with Kamara holding out and then not holding out and then holding out again and then Joe Mixon holding out, having migraines. Then he signed a new contract, so that's great. So I loved your, I do love your two running backs. But when you get outside of that, the, 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 the depth – I just said, wow, that was a hard stutter, man. <laughs> Holy crap. Swear I'm sober, kind of. The depth, much like the rest of the league, granted, but the, the depth isn't great, right? So you have ages, ages, and oh my God, man. Jesus. 
You have Adrian Peterson, um, Rashad Penny, Carryon Johnson, Boston Scott. So not a ton of excitement there. But, I mean, there's some guys that if one of your running backs don't turn out, they're going to get you some points. And then uh, do, on your bench, I do really like Jerry Judy and Mike Kosicki down there. Um, Jerry Judy, personally, my favorite rookie wide receiver. And then Mike Kosicki, I was honestly going to take in our draft as a high upside tight end. Um, I was going to take him over Chris Herndon, actually, so you got me there. But um, I think that's kind of why he's in eighth place. Um, his wide receivers are pretty lacking to me, or just uninspiring. Mike Evans and then Julian Edelman and Tyler Lockett. They feel kind of time limited and also not super studs this year. So um, his wide receivers are pretty uninspiring. So um, there's not outside his quarterback. There's not a super strong strength of his team. If I'm wrong, you guys can let me know. Yeah, I think the one you might have forgotten to mention uh, that I love is Debo Samuel on the bench. He's Currently kind of hurt. He's sneaky. You do have to worry about the 49ers, uh, the Kyle Shanahan offense, and what's actually going to happen with receivers. Um, but if he can come back to any capacity like he did last year and just build on that rapport, I think that's a sneaky good uh, bench bench pick. It's true. It's true. One thing that I did note about Kyle's draft was he did a really good job just letting the draft come to him. <laughs> Honestly, there was a lot of picks where it was like, man, I kind of wanted that guy, but you know, he was able to snag him. Um, Cortland Sutton, I'm honestly a little higher on him than most are. I just look at his athletic ability and just what he could do in that offense if him and Drew Locke have the chemistry. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty crowded Denver offense. So. You just need that for a selfish reason. <laughs> That's true, Mr. <laughs> yeah, I kind of need to get the juju in the air for that. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, other than that, though, some negatives. I mean, Julian Edelman, I think his 50th birthday was yesterday. So <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably not a great thing. Um, and then really, yeah, you know, the Will Disley pick, I mean, arguably one of the worst picks of the draft. Big I mean, I, baby. I, I love you, Stretch, but why? <laughs> why Will Disley? So you could prove me wrong, though. We'll see. Yeah, he could. He could. And I think there's a reason why those players fell to him, right? Because nobody really wanted them on their team. I think that's the reason why they failed you. So um, that is a good strategy if there's actually good players. But that's just me. I love Jerry Judy. Yikes. I love Jerry Judy. So, all right. So we'll go on to number seven. I personally had this man. And my personal rankings up at three, I believe. But, hey, Steven, you're being disrespected, man. I think your team's better. But for whatever reason, the league does not agree with me. Mount Passmore. At number seven overall, Aaron, why don't you tell us why he probably landed there? Yeah, so to all the listeners here, as I read off Mount Passmore's team, please take note of the position you hear the least of. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson at quarterback. We got Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Tampa Bay, Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown, George Kittle, tight end, Jarvis Landry and Stephon Diggs at the flex positions and the Patriots' defense. And then as you go to the bench, notice the position you hear a lot of. Uh, Tom Brady, quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees, can you guess? Quarterback. quarterback. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Why does anybody? Bench? I think a quarterback. Is a <laughs> uh, Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, both pretty solid. Marvin Williams. Uh, or is it Marvin Williams? Yeah, I think so. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, see, I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers. Christian Kirk, Preston Williams, Henry Ruggs, great rookie. Uh, Greg Olson, he's on his 60th birthday. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, Greg. TJ Hawkinson in the Colts defense. Um, 
so when I go down this list, obviously the first thing I poked fun at a little bit, and I also told it to his face draft day. Uh, four QBs. I won't ever understand that strategy. Uh, do you want Ryquel Armstead? He's available. I think you might need him, depending on how Fournette's position rolls. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I think the core of your team, where the strengths lie, is with uh, the wide receiver and the tight ends. So... Michael Thomas and George Kittle, I mean, those are elite options. They're going to keep you competitive every week. You're going to have an advantage when you play both of those guys together. And then you got your pop guy, A.J. Brown. Now, I will say he'll be a boomer bust guy, and game script will really depend on how he does because there's going to be heavy doses of Derrick Henry, of course. Um, Where I think I have the biggest question marks with your team, though, is the flex position because Stephon Diggs and Buffalo – that offense is not advisable, and I feel like for fantasy. I mean, if you're Josh Allen and you're running around all over the place, you know that's going to be a good situation. But for a receiver, he just distributes the ball all over the place. So we'll see if he gets the targets that I feel like he deserves. Um, and then uh, the depth on the bench concerning uh, closer to a rebuild, in my opinion, than competing. So what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I think the biggest thing about kind of Steven went into this season betting on, all right, as long as I don't have a running back injury, I'm straight. Not only did you not have a running back injury, your guy got fucking released. He's just on the streets when I was in Tampa Bay now. Yikes. But with that, you have to downgrade Fournette to maybe a decent running back three. Maybe, like, with, all, with all the Ronald Jones right. hype coming out of there. So basically, so basically, currently in your starting lineup, you have a running back three. And it was like, all right, I'll just replace him with Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray. It's like, so that really did hit. And honestly, if I would have known that Fournette news, I might have moved him down. Maybe that's why you're closer to the bottom than not. But, um, no, I love the A.J. Brown pick. And Stephon Diggs, you know, if he was your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, I get it. But as your wide receiver four, I, I dig that as a pick. I mean, he could pop. I mean, he was always decent in Minnesota, and now he's by far the top guy in Buffalo. So um, I think I'm kind of trying to defend your pride here, Stephen. But um, I like your team, I think, more than most. Um, maybe Tim thinks differently. You know, I, I went back and forth probably the most on this team. And I think my biggest uh, complaint issue does lie within the quarterbacks. And personally, I do believe um, – I don't know that I would necessarily call it a hot take. Looking at these four guys, I mean – What's going on in Houston? Nobody knows. Bill O'Brien still hasn't figured Bill it O'Brien out. Bill O'Brien doesn't know. <laughs> so, I mean, Watson's got the best case for finishing in the top, you know, top 10, top five quarterback, but you're looking at Brady, Breeze, and Mayfield. I have no confidence in those four guys finishing top five, top 10. Um, Watson being the, the closest one, I would think, personally, in fantasy this year. I get that. And I think he's trying to maybe play matchups, but quarterback is such a non sticky position. So, anything else here? All right. Well, that was seventh place. So to summarize, we have Zach in a solid, solid last place. Uh, ninth, we have Team Don Perignon. Eighth, we have Adrian Peterson's D. But why do I just turn slightly retarded when I talk about Stretch's team? Adrian Peterson's daycare and Stretch at eight. And we had Steven with Mount Passmore at seven. And at number six, we have the first person sitting at this table in the rankings that Tim is going to talk about. Um, Aaron, stay seated. Don't get too angry. Your face is already turning red. I see it. At number six, we have Aaron with Drew is a lock. 
in oh, might I add, this is my week one opponent. Mm. Uh, don't forget the Civil War matchup. So take so everything, everything Tim says with a grain of salt. He's fired up. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to try to be uh, a moderator here and not try to talk down my opponent. <laughs> so if we're going through the starting lineup, we have Russell Wilson, Austin Eckler, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, tight end of Jared Cook, the flex of DJ Chark, and James White. Vikings defense. Moving on to the bench, you have Drew Locke. You got to respect teams that get the guys that their team names are after. So I, I will give him props there. I put on for my six. He just gets. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, David Montgomery. Ouch. Reichwell Armstead. J.K. Dobbins. D.J. Dallas. Josh Kelly. Brashard Perriman. Robbie Anderson. Nikhil Harry. Paris Campbell. T. Higgins and Dallas Goddard. So when we're talking about these teams here, so we're looking seven through fourth place. I mean, the point variation goes from 48 to 45. So we're all, it's a very messy, muddy, and murky middle. So why he's kind of in the middle of the pack for the preseason power rankings, in my opinion, I'm looking at running back. Now, I had Eckler last year, started off hot, was great. I'm cooled on him a little bit. It seems like they're going to get Justin Jackson and maybe the rookie <clears> – <throat> um, Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. yeah, Kelly involved. Um, but then you're looking at Kareem Hunt, who, albeit a solid player in PPR uh, leagues here, there's always the threat that Chubb could just dominate and require more carries and more touches. James White in the flex. I know he I'm, you know, don't have the stats off the top of my head, but I feel like he's a top 12, top 15 back year over year. Just not a sexy name. Um, they don't have the star power here, and I think that's why you don't draw more of the first, the top three votes here. Um, receivers, maybe the strongest, uh, maybe second strongest behind mine with Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Um, and then looking on some of the bench pieces that I do like, being J.K. Dobbins, the future in Baltimore. Um, the receivers, you have Nikhil Harry, Paris Campbell, T. Higgins. You get one of those guys to break out. You're pretty solid there in receiver in the depth. Um, however, if somebody goes down right away, I don't know that you're looking at, you know, Brashad Perriman and Robbie Anderson could go off, could, you know, lay a dud. Um, and so that's my thoughts kind of on Aaron's team, why, we're kind of, why he's kind of stuck in the middle with, uh, with a few other teams. Yeah, he's definitely in the middle because I would agree, or sorry, I would disagree and say I believe Aaron has the best wide receiving core in the league. With Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, you're not going to get better. Tyreek Hill is more often than not probably going to get you over 20, 25 points a game. And then Devontae Adams, more likely than not, is not going to bust. I mean, he's going to get at least 10 catches with 60 yards and maybe a touchdown every single week. I think you can't really beat that combination of consistency there. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love Kareem Hunt and James White as my RBs 4 and 5. He currently has both of them in his starting lineup, so that is alarming. So I think the reason why he is in that middle is because his wide receiving core is unbeatable, best in the league. At the top. At the top. Um, but his running backs certainly leave some to be desired. Aaron, we kind of just wrecked your sauce there. Um, you're free to comment away. No, I think uh, my preseason ranking, honestly, is pretty fair kind of what I thought. Uh, I need some things to happen probably in the next year or two when it comes to my running backs to really get to that next tier of, you know, maybe in 2021, I'm looking at the top half of the preseason rankings. 
you know, I'm really banking on J.K. Dobbins to draft him in the fourth round. So hopefully he's an RB1 for me next year. And then if Kareem Hunt goes somewhere, I mean, he's a top five talent in the league as well. So my team really could come together, but there's some pieces that need to be done definitely at the running back position. And tight end, I really, I really messed up because honest, <laughs> to be honest with you, I really from like picks up. nine to twelve during the draft, it was a tad bit bust. So, you did, waited a little long on the tight ends. Yeah. So once I jumped you to get well, the walrus, I feel like you kind of like, well, might as well wait a little bit longer, and then that just dragged yeah, on. I and jumped on you and on. for both Hurst and Jonu, right? <laughs> yeah, sniped both of them from me. But good analysis. I feel like yeah, that's pretty much where I thought I would be. Right now, next year, I mean, look out. Kareem Hunt, good likelihood he's going to be on another team, probably leading that backfield. J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram's old as dirt. He probably had his 45th birthday <laughs> yesterday. So, uh, yeah, definitely next year you're probably going to have three solid running back ones on your team. Um, and D.J. Chark's probably going to get Trevor Lawrence thrown in the ball rather than Gardner Minshew. And Eckler, you know, at RB2, I'll take that advantage. Easy, easy. Next year, look out for Aaron and Drew is a lock. So our next squads are actually tied. Both with a score of 48. So we'll start with um, the team that is bottom based on alphabetical order alone. <laughs> we have Team Tony Bones 1 and Anthony. Now, me personally, I think I had Anthony ranked at 9. <laughs> I think I had him up at 3 or Whoa. 4. Anthony splitting decisions here. Jesus, bro. God. Making us all hot and hot over here. <laughs> Uh, no, but we're going to let Aaron take this one away. Aaron, how, how did you personally rank him? Do you remember? I think I had him around the middle of the pack. Middle of the pack? Okay. Middle yeah. of the pack? So okay. So you literally are in the middle of yeah. me and Tim. So, yeah. you, so are you are the common denominator. Absolutely. So yeah. go over The mediator, if you will. Uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and just go through his team real quick. So Lamar Jackson at quarterback, basically a running back at the QB position. Uh, Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd. Travis Kelsey at tight end. You got Devin Singletary at the flex, as well as Will Fuller, and then the 49ers defense. And then if we look at your bench, you got Jared Goff, Duke Johnson, Matt Breida, uh, Justice Hill, Keyshawn Vaughn, up and coming rookie, Sterling Shepard, Corey Davis. Well, maybe not anymore, you know, <laughs> now that I think about it with Fournette. Um, D.D. Westbrook, you got C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, both. Those will be one of my points, I'll share that in a minute. O.J. Howard and uh, Ian Thomas, both you? young tie-ins. Are you? So when I look at Anthony's team, and I was, wait, 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 wait. Ian Thomas went to IU. I actually didn't know that. Did he really? No. Didn't know that. At all. Fact check. Fact check. Right, keep going, Aaron. We'll fact check that. <laughs> but if I, you know, look at Anthony's team, you know, I have some points here. The core trio of Jackson, Henry, and Kelsey—that's a high floor. Every week. I mean, you can bank on Lamar Jackson getting you, you know, 20 points a week, especially when touchdowns are now six points. I mean, that's a really big factor with them. Passing touchdowns. Passing touchdowns. Also, uh, can confirm, Ian Thomas was a Hoosier. He is a Hoosier. Can confirm. Nice. Didn't know that. Nice fact check there. Sometimes good stuff comes out of you. (laughs) Hey, all the time. All the time. We We all went there, basically. Um, but yeah, so you know that core trio. I mean, you're going to get points every week. Derrick Henry not going to be sexy in the way he gets the points, but he's going to probably get 15 to 20 at least, just with all the volume. And Travis Kelsey in that Kansas City offense, it's high flying. Um, a negative, I will say, the flex spots are the weak point of your team. Uh, when you look at Will Fuller and you also look at Devin Singletary, 
high risk, high reward there, uh, especially with Will Fuller. I mean, he has the talent, but can he stay on the field for even a quarter? I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's usually hurt for most of the game and riding the bike on the sideline. So uh, we'll see with that. Devin Singletary, you got Zach Moss there, and there's a lot of hype with him in camp. So we'll see how the carries are distributed. What I do like, though, Adam Thielen, sneaky upside there. I really like him this season. I think he's going to get targeted uh, a lot by Kirk Cousins. And honestly, I think he could finish as a top 15 receiver. Um, CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson, really exciting rookies heading into future years, in my opinion. Uh, they just are guys that can pop. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb, enough said with him. Uh, Tyler Boyd, maybe a hot take for the guys here. I don't know if I've ever shared this, but... I honestly think at the end of the year, we're going to say he's the clear-cut Bengals' number one wide receiver. Um, day, baby. The reason I say that is because A.J. Green is hobbling in camp already. He's hurt already. And I don't know if he's going to last the full season. I'm not one of those believers in him. Uh, Mel- Melvin Gordon, though, huge question mark for me um, at the running back position. You still got uh, Phillip Lindsay there. So go ahead, and guys, with my hot take, I know you have something to say. Yeah, so uh, I could touch a little bit more on the Bengals, you know, looking at it. So the reason I, I kind of agree with the Boyd take, Joe Burrow loves the slot guy. I look at Justin Jefferson. That's his main guy, slot it's receiver. It's almost like they played together for the last, like, three years. <laughs> <laughs> and Boyd, the rumors out of camp following all the beat writers for the Bengals, uh, that, that connection is the strongest. Um, sitting here, going over Anthony's team, you know, maybe I was a little high on him. I think – I, I got hard eyes for Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, and Kelsey. Um, I do like the high floors of the receivers. Um, but, again, looking at Fuller and then just the bench, I kind of – I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm stepping back. I'm eating my words. Um, just looking at Jefferson and Lamb, I do like. But aside from that, I'm not too big on uh, the running backs on the bench. Um, maybe Sterling Shepard's good. Corey Davis, I think, you know, he's out of the league. Um, and then OJ Howard, I mean, you can't, you can't trust that. So I'm not, I'm not saying I told you so, (laughs) but there's a reason why I had this guy ranked ninth, just above Zach. Honestly, they were, they were back and forth, but when you get outside of Lamar Jackson, Derek Henry, Travis Kelsey, Adam Thielen, if you want to throw that, every team has three studs on it, right? I mean, your first three rounds is hard to miss. So when you get outside of that, Melvin Gordon uh, he's the most uninspiring RB2 out there. Tyler Boyd, he's like a Robert Woods light to me. Like, he's going to be consistent. He's going to get his points. But, like, I just don't see a lot of high upside there for him. And then his bench is just disgusting. His bench is gross. Okay, so, like, you know, (laughs) if Devin Singletary goes down, I'm going to throw in Duke Johnson or Matt Burita or Justice Hill or Keyshawn Vaughn. It's like, what? And then Sterling Shepard, I do personally like Corey Davis, but Sterling Shepard, D.D. Westbrook, I mean, you do have two promising rookies in C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson, but his team is not inspiring to me. It's not. I think that's the adjective to use. Um, just not a ton of high upside there outside of, you know, Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean – just that core trio, I do think will keep him competitive, but can he compete for a championship? Maybe not in current state. Well, he's tied for fourth, competing for a championship according to the league. So, what do I know? <laughs> but no, so like I said, he was tied for fourth at 48 points. The person he was tied with, who was above him on alphabetical order solely, 
is the other man sitting opposite of me at this table in our kitchen <laughs> is Tim Raider and Burroughs Best. Now, keep in mind, people have him on equal level than the last thing we just discussed. Not my opinion, just stating facts. But here's his starting lineup. So at quarterback, he has Ben Roethlisberger. Running backs, he has Josh Jacobs and David Johnson. Wide receivers, he has DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. By far and away, the second best wide receiver duo in the league, in my opinion. Maybe first, you can make an argument. Tight end, we have the Walrus, Darren Waller. And as flex, we have DK Metcalf and Deshaun Jackson, who probably is not usually going to be in a starting lineup. But week one, with no receivers in Philadelphia, fuck it, do it. And the Steelers in the defense. And then on the bench, we have some guy named Joe Burrow. Never heard of him. Um, Chris Thompson, Carlos Hyde, Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift, Zach Moss, Antonio Gibson. Love, love, love the depth at running back there. And receivers, we have Golden Tate, Jalen Rager, Brandon Ayuk, Denzel Mims, very young there, and Blake Jarwin. So when I first look at David's team, or David. Who? 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 It's like somebody who tried um, to play fantasy ho. one year and just didn't. Ooh. No. When I first look at Tim's team, excuse me. When I first look at Tim's team, um, I think he's tied for fourth in the win now category because his team literally relies on David Johnson. If David Johnson pops, Tim is a title contender this year, period. But if David Johnson does not pop, oh, that's fine. Well, I have this consistent running back on my bench named um 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 yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chris Thompson, Carlos Hyde, Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift could have a, a role this year. Um, Antonio Gibson could really be a fantasy MVP, potentially. I'm, I'm liking him more and more every day. But when it comes to win now, if you want that consistent production, his team relies on David Johnson. If David Johnson pops, he is going to be a title contender. Um, like I said before, the second best wide receiver core behind Aaron. Um, and when you have DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones and even DK Metcalf, you don't really have to worry about wide receiver depth. Um, so I think that is a good reason why he has a lot of those young wide receivers, right? He has the depth to bench those guys, see if they pop, and cut them if they don't. So that's really great. That's really great. And um, I love – that's really great. And uh, I love Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin could pop this year. He could not. He's really the most, like, balls-in, tight end in the league. Like, he he's loved by some, hated by some. So, again, he has Darren Waller, so he has the chance to – you know, sit on Blake Jarwin and see if he pops or not. So that's what she said. Uh, any thoughts on Tim's team? Yeah, no, I think I'm going to probably repeat a lot of what Chris just said. I think uh, the strength definitely relies on uh, the wide receivers. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, those are two studs. And DK Metcalf, you got that pop guy. I mean, he's just a physical beast. Uh, he's going to get contested balls up in the air, man. Like, he's just going to be awesome this year. Um Deshaun Jackson, honestly, I'm really high on this year. I think he could really be an awesome asset for your team, especially if Jalen Rager is on the you know lamb for I don't know how long, you know, maybe a month. Who knows how long? Uh, what I don't necessarily like would be how young you are at receiver, um, just your depth outside of the the top you know top guys because. I definitely been in seasons before where I've had injuries to multiple receivers. And if that happens, I mean, you know, you're going to be in a bind and 
your running back depth, I know Chris has this saying uh, he said before, but running back depth looks stupid until it's not. Amen, um, Amen, and dude. I feel Amen. like you've got some depth there, especially with, you know, Zach Moss. That's a plug-and-play guy, I feel like, and DeAndre Swift. You'll get points out of those guys. That's the that's the key there. Love, um, Love the running back depth. And then, you know, tight end position, you got Blake Jarwin and Dar- uh, Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller is going to be good. I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year. I think some of the target volume is going to go away. I think there's not going to be as many negative game scripts where the Oakland Raiders are just going to have to throw the ball a crazy amount of times. Wait, did you hear that? Oh, shit, I thought I heard Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think he's still going to be a really elite, talented position, but maybe not, you know, the top five guy he was last year. So, Tim, defend your honor. I'm just going to say, so receiver depth, I mean, you're talking after DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, Deshaun Jackson, Golden Tate, who might be the receiver one in New York. Um, and then I love, can you tell I love my Do rookies? Love I mean, rookies. Rager, Ayuk, Mims, running back, Swift, Moss, Gibson, baby CMC. Uh, I'd just like to point out that I've beaten Chris on two running back claims with the you foul really budget. had to pull that out right now? Zach Moss by one dollar. Uh, Chris Thompson. Chris didn't even want to put any money on it, but you know I needed that kind of more veteran style running back to supplement in the case of you know Johnson being ass or an injury or anything like that. So um, I, I think my depth is pretty good, pretty good for the now, um, and I love my uh, my rookies in the future. Yeah, and I think there's a solid reason why he is tied for fourth. Now we just like praised Tim's team quite a bit, and we just talked about Anthony's team. I love you guys, but you guys are you guys are dumb. Like I don't know how they're tied for fourth. I really don't. But that's just me. So what do I know? But we are going to move on, and the next two squads are also tied for the second position behind what is really the obvious number one here. But we'll start with the number two, um, and we are actually going to start. Unlike the last two, who we started with alphabetical order, we're going to go reverse alphabetical order here. So the first team that is tied for second with 50 points is Hayden and the Big Ben Revenge Tour. What a name. That's a very aggressive name. I love it. Let's go Big Ben, baby. Not saying that it's on Tim's team, but whatever. Let's go Big Ben, baby. He's got the shirt to back it up, too. He does. Hayden all in. Aaron, how about we talk about Hayden a little bit? All right, so he's got that QB, Patrick Mahomes. Enough said there. <laughs> no Aaron said. Jones, Kenyon Drake running backs. You got Allen Robinson and Devontae Parker. Zachary to tight end, rounding out with James Conner and John Brown at the flex positions. Buffalo Bills D. Then the bench goes Cam Newton, Ronald Jones, Justin Jackson. Uh, is that Daryl Williams? Daryl. Yeah. One, one of the D Williams in Kansas City. Benny Snell. Jameson Crowder, uh, James Washington, sorry, Hunter Renfro, Darius Slayton, Chase Claypool, Irv Smith Jr. Do you know who that is now, Chris? I do. I don't know who that man is. And uh, the Saints defense, and then, you know, he's got uh, on IR another D. Williams. So, uh, yeah, so looking at his team, uh, really strong team in my opinion. Uh, I think he's immediately going to compete for a title this year just with what he puts out as a starting lineup. Um, Chris, I know, is not super high on Allen Robinson. I tend to be a little higher on him. Uh, when you got Nick Foles, he's going to start. I think Allen Robinson does have the talent that, you know, he's going to get targets, right? So he's going to have opportunities to be in the red zone, <laughs> to get into the red zone and, and make stuff happen. So 
Uh, also, Devontae Parker, he you know popped off last year, and uh, he's got that rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick will probably start uh, most of the year while Tua is in the wing waiting. Um, Aaron Jones, he's going to see touchdown regression. He's not going to have, you know, what, 30 touchdowns last year, it seemed like. Uh, he's still going to be a solid RB2, though, in that offense. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to give you an every-week advantage at quarterback. You know, he picked him number one overall for a reason. Uh, Zach Ertz, probably still a top-five tight end this year. Uh, but can he continue to stay healthy? I mean, he's 29 years old, about to be 30. That's on the higher end of the age for a tight end, but uh, not crazy as far as age. And then, really, a negative that I have just – in the starting lineup. I really like most positions here. John Brown was a confusing pick for me. Not really sure where Hayden was going with that. He's not even the top option in Buffalo and in a run first, you know, offensive scheme. I, I just don't know about that. So guys, what do you think? Uh, um, much like Tim's team relies on David Johnson. Um, I think Hayden's team is going to be decided if he's a title contender this year or not by Devonte Parker. Right. Was the breakout real? That's what we have to think. Right. Second half of the season last year, he finishes the wide receiver five strong wide receiver one. He was just annihilating souls the second half of last year. So if that breakout was real, if he is a solid wide receiver one, um, I think Hayden is definitely a force to be reckoned with and can match up with anybody in the league. Um, That's really my only comment on him. Aaron did a pretty good job outside of that. Yeah, I agree overall. Uh, not as high on Allen Robinson as Aaron. Uh, piggybacking off of Chris's comments, Kenyon Drake, another guy, is the breakout real? Sure looked like it, um, but there are plenty of NFL uh, instances of one-hit wonders at the running back position. Um, and then the other thing I'd comment on, James Conner, you know, can he get back to being a top 10 running back or is his time in Pittsburgh coming to an end? Decent depth all around. Um and I'll touch a little bit more on it later, but just, you know, the swing and a miss on Damian Williams. Yes, that does hurt. That does hurt. Respectably deciding to sit out, but uh, in fantasy, obviously it hurts the team for this year. Right. Uh, can we can rankings. we agree? If we if if we assume that James Conner plays 16 healthy games, he's a he's a running back one, right? Yeah, yeah. in my agree opinion. agree on that? Yeah. Opinion, yeah. So yeah, I, I would think agree with that. if he stays healthy, you have King and Drake, you have Aaron Jones. One could argue Hayden has the best running back core in the league. Um, that's three solid RB1s, assuming health and ideal positions. Three running back ones. So I think Hayden drafted really well there. Okay, so we are off to the other team tied for number two. Um, personally, I think he's my personal number one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I put the person at number one, at number one for a reason. Um, but number two is my team, Team Fairlife, anchored by Michael Pittman Jr. himself, Mr. Fairlife. To not bore you guys to death, I'm not going to talk about my own team. So, Tim, go ahead and roast me or just talk about how awesome my team is because it's at number two. So, You know, uh, I'm going to take you back to the end of July. We're all in Tennessee. We're doing draft weekend. A little early for a draft weekend, but this is a big dynasty. We're trying to get it set up. We want people to be involved. Unfortunately, for every other team drafting that weekend – Nobody had the foresight, specifically in the Kansas City backfield, that Damian Williams was going to sit out. <laughs> every, every, shut up. Um, it's it's assumed that Damian Williams is going to be the starter. Obviously, Ceh the future. Um, had this is uh, Ceh went two eight, I believe, when we drafted because Chris two had eight. traded. Yep. Um, 
It was either two eight or two nine. If we're redrafting, he's not making it out of the top four or five. And that's just the way it goes in this. In, in Dynasty, Chris got himself two stud running backs, and that's where it all starts. He's got the names, the 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 glam and the sparkles all over it. Um so quarterback Matt Stafford, running back Saquon Barkley, Clyde Edwards Alaire, receiver, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst at tight end, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, and the Flex, Eagles defense. Bench of Danny Dimes, Jordan Howard, Damian Harris, Alexander Madison, A.J. Dillon, John Ross, Anthony Miller. Can he finally break out? Uh, Hollywood Brown, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, hmm. Mr. Fairlife. Brian Edwards, who sneaky rookie of the year candidate. Uh, Jonu, Jonu Smith and Chris Herndon, uh, his you know, tight ends that he's just in love with. So, like I said, running backs, top running backs in the league, I, uh, undoubtedly. Um, Gurley in the flex, yeah, I'm not as high on him, but just the fact that you can put him in there, RB3 in the flex, uh, great value. My So, my two biggest complaints, um, I still agree he should be up here in the top echelon of the league. Receivers are, are not 100% proven yet between DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, and can Robert Woods get those touchdowns? That's the only thing. Ridley, I mean, obviously he's going to replace Julio. Looks really good. But, you know, until Julio's done, you're always going to have to fight for those targets. He does look like he's getting most of the touchdowns. DJ Moore, new offense, new quarterback. Can he build on it or is he going to take a step back? That's also a pretty big risk. Um, but when, you're, when you've got the top two running backs, potentially top two literally uh, for scoring, you can afford to risk it a little bit in the receivers. Not a huge fan of Hayden Hurst, but I see the appeal there. Uh, Matt Ryan loves his tight ends, and he's going to throw it to him a lot. Um, outside of that, the bench, solid. Um, Pittman and Hollywood Brown are in Edwards, so the receivers I do like. Not too high on really the rest. A.J. Dillon, I don't see what they're doing in Green Bay. Madison. <laughs> in the gym. In Tree the trunks. gym. Uh, Jordan Howard, you know, you're looking to hopefully get a couple starts out of him early in the year. Uh, same with Damian Harris in New England, which you, you know, I'd never want a New England running back. I'm sorry. Um, and then John Ross, you know, speedy, but has played maybe in two games his whole career so far. He's a wide receiver one in those two games. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's last year he was off to a hot start. But are you going to really start him no. week one? Doesn't look like it. All right. Um, so that's why I say I agree. He, he deserves to be up here. Uh, got real lucky on draft weekend with Clyde oh. Edwards-Alaire. So Chris and I, we listen to a lot of the same fantasy football podcasts, and one of them in particular, I think the hosts of that show would probably nut all over this team. Uh, a lot of guys here that uh, they definitely would like and, and I like as well. Uh, enough said on the running backs. It's just ridiculous that he got both of them. Um, yeah, I would kind of echo what Tim said with some of the unprovenness. Uh, obviously there's a lot of talent at his receiver positions, but you still got to go out and play. And even Clyde Edwards Hilaire to an extent, uh, you got to still go out there and get the targets, get the carries. There's a lot of stuff going on in Kansas city's offense. So I could see some weeks where maybe Edwards Hilaire is not a focus. Um, and maybe doesn't get the points that Chris would rely on otherwise. Um, something to call out that I, tend to try and avoid is Chris has three Atlanta Falcons in his lineup. I mean, if the Falcons, for whatever starting reason, starting lineup, right. Starting lineup. For whatever reason, the Falcons run into the 
Ravens or a tough defense and they have a bad week, I mean, who knows how Chris's team's going to fare if that happens. So uh, something to watch out for definitely as uh, the you know season progresses. But the depth that he's also got at running back, some of the receivers, Hollywood Brown, Michael Pittman, hometown, you know, Indianapolis Colt, go Colts. Uh, and then go Colts. Go Yeah. Give me an audio clip. And then the upside. I'm going to clip that. The upside of tight ends. I love all of his tight ends. So, yeah, Chris definitely has a balanced team, but a couple things to watch out for. Yeah. No, I'm not going to talk that much more. Um, I just personally, a couple of favorite parts of my team. I think, I genuinely believe Calvin Ridley is this year's Chris Godwin. Um, last year, no way anybody thought Chris Godwin would overtake Mike Evans as the wide receiver one in Tampa Bay. But here we are, he's being drafted over Mike Evans everywhere. So I genuinely think Calvin Ridley has that same potential. And then Marquise Hollywood Brown is a potential league winner. Um, if he explodes the way I think he has the potential to as the number one wide receiver in that offense, um, we could be seeing something magical here with my team. So I'll leave it there. Um, tied for second, but the moment you've all been waiting for, the number one team in the league. Drum roll, please. It goes to the Red Rocket and Clayton McLean. Congratulations to you. Quite frankly, with 74 points for perspective, that's 24 points above Hayden and myself in second place. Um, so looking at Clayton's team, why is he the undisputed favorite? Heading into this year, we going through his lineup here. Quarterback, Dak Prescott, top five most likely. Running backs, Christian McCaffrey. That's basically one and a half running backs right there. Miles Sanders, wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, tight end, Noah Fant. Flexes are Le'Veon Bell and T.Y. Hilton. Defense is Baltimore Ravens. And then we're looking at the bench. We have Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback position. Tevin Coleman, Marlon Mack, Chase Edmonds, LaMichael P. Ryan at the bench running back positions. Wide receiver, we have Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Gandy-Golden, A.J. Green at the wide receiver positions on his bench, Gronk at the tight end position, and Rams on the defense. So I think the first thing you realize about this team is this has to be the most intentionally drafted win-now team in the league. If you look at his entire roster, the only really like future guy that's kind of maybe exciting is like LaMichael P. Ryan. But, but, but who? But, but like Gandy Golden. It's like, yeah. right, all props to Clayton. He knew what he was drafting going in and he stuck with it. All win now guys that are going to contribute this year. He's going for the grand this year. Um, and when you look at his starting lineup, every person in that starting lineup has the potential to finish top 20 in their position. Christian McCaffrey, obviously going to be top five running back. Miles Sanders, things go right. He avoids competition. Top 20 running back. Galladay and Cup, top 20 wide receivers. Noah Fant, the breakout happens. Potentially top six or seven tied in. Le'Veon Bell, top 20 running back easily on volume alone. T.Y. Hilton, he's playing with arguably a better quarterback than he did last year, and he's the number one receiver on that team. Top 15 potential there. So, Definitely a win-now team looking at it. And then you have Keenan Allen, Gronk, and A.J. Green on the bench. More players that if things fall right, nobody would be surprised if those people finish in the top 20 in their positions. Nobody. So he has the starting lineup that has all that potential this year, and he has three or four people on his bench that are like, these guys are probably going to finish top 20 
as well if things go their way. Um, and like I said, the only bad thing about his team, the future pieces. I mean, when you're hinging the, your franchise, your, the future of your franchise on the Michael P. Ryan and Antonio Gandy-Golden, good luck with that. So um, I feel like there's not really a ton to be said. It's pretty obvious he's the number one. If you guys have any more insight, go right ahead. Yeah, well, being, you know, baby sharp, I can tell you that all but one of the um, eight turned in rankings uh, had Clayton as the number one team for obvious reasons, like you've said. Um, I really don't have that much to add. The the bench pieces, you know, that you can that you can fit Marlon Mack on the bench, Kenny, or, sorry, Keenan Allen on the bench. Kenny Allen, baby. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders could emerge and be Drew Brees' number two finally. A.J. Green, if healthy. Gronk, who knows what could be. I mean, you can go on and on. Clayton's team, uh, I believe, is far away number one. Yeah, not much for me to add really here either. I think it's consensus across the league. You just look at all of his guys, and they're, yeah, they're definitely winning now pieces. Um, I'm just going to echo basically what these other guys have said, uh, just the future outlook. I mean, if one of these guys decides to retire in the next couple years, or two of them do, or one gets hurt, or two get hurt, I mean, uh, you're in rebuild mode pretty quickly in two to three years if some of those things happen. So uh Definitely a win now window here for the next two to three years. Clayton will be a force. And another thing to consider too is Clayton's probably going to finish, you know, most seasons in the next two to three years high in the playoffs. So sure. you're not going to get a lot of those rookie picks either. So, sure. uh, yeah, something to keep in mind there. But awesome team. Balls to the wall this year, baby. So there you have it, folks. Your preseason power rankings going into the first season of the This League Dynasty League. As a quick wrap-up, number 10, we have Broad Ripple Swim Team and Zach at a very solid 10th. Um, you might shock the world. You have the potential to shock the world here, Zach. Even if you make the playoffs, I think a lot of people would be pretty shocked. Um, number 9, Team Don Perignon. Number 8 is Stretch with Adrian Peterson's Daycare. Number 7, Mount Passmore and Steven. Number 6, Drew is a lock. Aaron tied for 4th place is Team Tony Bones and Anthony. That's a whole other comment there. Uh, and the other fourth place position is Burrow's Best with Tim. Tied for second is Big Ben Revenge Tour with Hayden and Team Fair Life, yours truly. And number one, undisputed favorite, going into the inaugural season of the This League Fantasy Football League is the Red Rocket and Clayton. Congratulations to you, sir. That's it. And there you have it. We might have ran a little long here, but hey, we have a lot to talk about. We just went through all of these teams. Woo! <sighs> I'm tired. I think we're still under an hour, barely. I think so. It uh, is officially less than a week until kickoff. Oh, baby. Oh, my God. Everybody Jesus. come over to watch the games. Yes, yes. If you have not voted in that poll yet, if you can come over for Thursday Night Football, which I actually recently found out I cannot attend because I'll be in Washington, D.C., but I'll be there for Sunday. Um, so, yeah, if you guys haven't voted in that yet, please do. And if for whatever reason you sat through this podcast – and you are not in this league. <laughs> Thank you. And if you have any suggestions of how we can make this podcast better, you can email us. We're available at thisleague2020 at gmail.com. Check that out. Send it to us. I mean, we'll probably respond because we have no fans. But that would be <laughs> Some, awesome. Somebody play the sleeper uh, sound here and just check your phones real quick. Wow. wow. How was that? Decent. That's kind of what it is, right? Wow. What'd you do? Oh, shit. 
Oh, sorry. Wait. What do you do? Wait. Is this live? Live. Oh, my God. Wait. The first trade. The first trade just happened live on the podcast. It looks like Tim is receiving A.J. Green for Denzel Mims and a 2021 third-round pick. Been working on that for a couple days. We went over Clayton's wide receiver depth, lack of future pizzas. Um, we were able to strike a deal where he gets the, the future receiver. And, you know, I get the guy that he probably isn't going to play a whole lot uh, to add to my, uh, you know, poor wide receiver depth, as Aaron mentioned. Initial reaction is not a fan from Clayton's side. I mean, if you're win-now mode, you went balls to the wall. I literally just talked about how A.J. Green is one of your better pieces on your bench for a win-now team. And you trade that away for, granted, a guy's probably not going to win this year, or win, probably not going to play this year, or at least be effective. And a third-round pick. Well, he's going to play. Just he's going to play. It's just fantasy relevance this year. It, it might not be the best. But. I guess. But no, that was interesting. First draft pick live on the first episode of this league. Or first, excuse me, trade. Live on the first episode of the This League Fantasy Podcast. I was trying to make it happen. No, we're going to cut it off here. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know in the texts or the sleepers or the snaps what your thoughts are on the preseason rankings. We will make these public. But until then, we're out. Peace. Go and get it.